Well, welcome to our elder deacon training. Congratulations on having been elected as an elder or deacon here at New Life in Calvary. We are looking forward to you joining the session and the deacon board. Now, if you take out your sheet, that's elder deacon training, understanding New Life in Calvary and how it operates. There are some fill-in-the-blanks for you to go along that will give me proof that you actually listen to this DVD or to the uh, website, and you will be able to be ordained with the rest of us because all of us are required to have some training before we take office. Okay, let's get right get started. Um, when you come to our church on Sunday mornings, there are three kinds of people who are in attendance at New Life at Calvary each Sunday morning. Now, the first group is made up of covenant partners. Covenant partners are those people who have gone through all the necessary steps to join our church. They are eligible to vote, and they can hold office within the church. The second group of people in our church that you see are called our friends. These are people who have attended our church several times. They support the church on a regular basis, and some of our friends have been with us longer than some of our covenant partners have. They participate in the life of the church in many ways. They are not eligible, however, to hold vote, to vote or hold office in an ordained position. In other words, they can't vote at church meetings and they cannot vote or cannot be elected as elders or deacons. They can participate in other groups. They can be on the usher board. They can be officers in the usher board or the men's group or the women's group. Don't necessarily have to be a covenant partner for that. Now, the third group of people in our church that you see on Sunday morning are our guests or our newcomers. They are people who have come to visit our church on one or more occasion, but they're not here enough yet to be called a friend. And all three groups are very important in the life of our church, especially the last group, because the last group means we are continuing to grow and to be healthy as a part of the body of Christ. Now, um, our denomination is commonly referred to as ECO, but ECO, the, the official name of the denomination is a covenant order of evangelical Presbyterians, okay? A covenant order of evangelical Presbyterians. We use the acronym ECO referring to ecosystems because we believe that churches should operate in a healthy system to produce other churches. It's like, you know that if you take some animals out of one environment and put them in another environment, you have sort of caused an unbalance in that ecosystem. And this animal that's put in this other environment, that animal might either die out or it might thrive tremendously because it does not have its natural enemies. But if it thrives, then it means something else in that new ecosystem is going to be destroyed because that animal that was removed is going to be using up some of its resources. So eco means we are trying to maintain healthy balance in our church life, and we want to be able to produce other ecosystems in which other churches will be able to be planted and thrive as well. Now, as a result of being part of ECO, 
We govern ourselves in the Presbyterian form of church government. Really what sets us aside from Baptist churches, congregational churches, is really how it is that we govern ourselves. We actually elect leaders to make decisions for us. Now, on the local level, here at the New Life at Calvary level, the local governing body in the church is called the session. The session is the decision-making body within a Presbyterian church. The session is going to make most of the decisions that affect the life of the church. Now, there are a few things in our Constitution that will limit what the session can do, but those are very, very few things. Now, as elder and deacons, you will be elected to serve not only at New Life at Calvary, but you are being elected to serve the entire eco-denomination. Your ordination is recognized by all of the other eco-churches. Therefore, there are certain standards that we all agree to uphold as we shall see later. Our denomination's constitution is made up of the eco-polity and discipline. Now, you can download that off the website if you go to eco hyphenprez.org and look under resources you can download our church's constitution you can also download the essential tenets and confession we will come back to them a little bit later now particularly in looking at the session of our church the session at new life at calvary is made up of three pastors and 18 ruling elders who have been elected by the congregation and together, the pastors and the elders, under the leading of the Holy Spirit, they are going to make the decisions for the church. Each person on session is entitled to one vote, including the pastors. And the pastors moderate the meeting. The Constitution requires that an ordained minister lead and moderate the session unless the presbytery has given permission for someone else to lead. Therefore, you cannot have a session meeting if there is not one of the pastors present. You can meet as a group, but no action can be taken. Now, at New Life at Calvary, we have decided that each elder can serve a three-year term. After a three-year term, the elder may be elected for a second three-year term, but after that, the elder is required to take a year off. Now, in some eco-churches, that's going to be different. Eco allows churches a lot more flexibility about how they rotate officers or even if they rotate them at all. But we have decided at New Life at Calvary that we will continue the process of three-year terms, a second three-year term as a possibility, but then you must take a year off. And part of that is we want to be able to involve other young people or new people of all ages into the life of the session so that we continue to get a broad perspective of how God is at work in the different people in the life of the church. Now, you were nominated as an elder because you met the guidelines that we were asking for, and the same if you were nominating, nominated to form a deacon. Each elder, 
you agreed, well, you were already tithing, and you agreed to continue to tithe as an elder. You will be involved in some form of Bible study. You've already been a regular faithful church attender, and we expect you to continue to do the same. And the last thing now that you must do is you must attend the session meetings. Now, there are some Presbyterian churches that will have trustees in addition to elders or the session, but here at New Life at Calvary, our session does both jobs. Now, if an elder is to be excused, you can't make a meeting. You are required to call into the church or notify a pastor, notify the clerk that you need permission to be excused from the meeting or you want permission to be excused early from the meeting. If you have three unexcused absences in a row from the session or from the deacons, you will assume to have resigned your position. We would much rather you simply tell us, I can no longer serve in this role for whatever reason, and we can replace you as soon as possible because we want the people on your care team to be receiving the type of care that they are entitled to receive. Now, all elders are expected and required to live by the sexual standards within our church's constitution, which limits sexual activity to married couples only. And if you are not willing to live by this standard, you should make it known prior to ordination so that we do not ordain you. An officer who has been ordained, who is no longer willing to live by these um, standards, you as a person should resign from office um, and remove yourself because we expect everyone to adhere to the same standards. Now, part of what you will be asked to do when you are serving on session and on the deacon board is that you are going to be asked to serve on committees. There are various committees, and you are invited to serve on those committees, which may be of greatest interest to you. You have a sheet on which you can look and decide which committee you would like to serve on. Um, there is the Buildings and Grounds Committee. The purpose of the Building and Grounds Committee is to assist the administrative pastor in the care and upkeep of the building. There's the Christian Education Committee. The purpose of the Christian Education Committee is to assist the education pastor in establishing youth church, vacation Bible school, youth group, CE programs for adults and youth in various camps. There's the Evangelism Outreach and Membership Committee. The purpose of this committee is to assist the education pastor and the outreach worker in establishing evangelism programs to reach out into the community. There is the Mission Affinities Group Committee, and the purpose of this group is to plan the logistics and organize for connecting us with other Mission Affinity Groups in ECO. You'll hear more about that later. The Finance Committee, the Finance Committee shall work with the administrative pastor in establishing financial policies for the church. There is the Nominating Committee, the nominating committee shall review the names of candidates for potential positions as elders and deacons. There is the personnel committee. Personnel committee shall work with the administrative pastor and the other pastors 
depending on the position being considered in interviewing candidates for employment in the church. Now, I just gave you a simple one-liner of what each committee does, but if you look at this form um, in greater detail, you will see exactly what uh, they are. Um, you will choose which committee you are on at a session meeting or at a deacon meeting, but keep in mind, those who are already on session and still have two, uh, one or two years left, they will get first priority in the choosing the committees, all right? Now, there are other organizations in the church that are not always represented at session meeting, but they are under the authority of session. All groups within the church fall under the authority of session. So that is why it is important for all groups to get permission before they plan to do events in the life of the church. You present it to session, session will either prove it or say these modifications need to be made or it may decide not to do that particular event. Now the session may also establish task forces as needed to handle issues which may come up um, during the year. All session committees usually have at least one deacon also serving on that committee. And you serve on a committee for one year and then you can choose a different one or stay on the one that you are on. Now all work of session committees still remains subject to the will of session. So if session sets up a group and says we want you to go and study this and come back with a recommendation, coming back with a recommendation does not necessarily mean session has to accept the recommendation. We may completely decide to do something otherwise. The goal is to get more information. Now the session is free to establish other committees at the need for them arises. Um, session has a list of things that it does and uh, some of them, it's session's job to approve all new ministries of the church, to hire any employees except the pastors, to approve all church activities, to approve all usage of the building, to approve baptisms and communion, to accept new members, to obtain order and decency within the church, to discipline members, to provide spiritual growth, education, and welfare for the life of those in the church. The session is also to communicate um, information to the members from the denomination. When you are looking in your um, section entitled Congregation and Their Covenant Partners, in that you will find that there is a section that says here are the responsibilities for session on page one. Now I'll just highlight the first line of each one of them. Session has the responsibility to provide for the worship and educational life of the congregation, authorize and provide for regular celebration of the Lord's Supper and baptism, plan for and provide means of discipleship for con the congregation and new believers, um, send commissioners to presbytery, maintain a role of covenant partners, role of baptisms. The session shall come up with an annual budget and present it to the congregation. The session shall arrange for there to be an independent financial audit. 
and the session is to evaluate the congregation's ministry and mission and report it back to the Presbytery. So those are just some of the things that the session is to do under our um, Constitution. When it comes to a pastor, the session does not call the pastor or terminate a pastoral relationship. That vote is left up to the congregation. There are other decisions that session could make, but it may choose to bring to the congregation, just like when it gets ready to do a financial campaign to uh, maybe purchase something for the building. Instead of making that decision on its own, session may present it to the congregation, since session will be looking to the congregation to fund the project. Uh, each elder is expected to attend all session meetings. The session currently meets on the second Thursday of each month. The meeting starts at six o'clock so that you can have a chance to look over the materials that's going to be presented. And then at 6.30, we will call for the docket. Again, if you're unable to attend, you should contact the clerk of session to be excused. Uh, you also have the right to have things placed on the docket. You can let the pastors or clerk of session know, I would like to have this come up on the docket and it will be added to the docket. In the meeting itself, how we will move forward on an issue. Someone presents an issue as a motion, we will ask, is there a second to the motion? If there is no second, that ends the discussion on that motion. If there is a second, then we will have discussion. After discussion, we will take a vote. Now, even though it's majority rules, um, we don't always abide by that. If we have a decision and it's a split decision like 10 to seven or 10 to eight in which the session itself is divided, we will seek the will of God for a longer period of time before taking some major course of action until we are more unified as a body. Now, at New Life at Calvary, each elder must turn in a pledge sheet. If you're an elder, you must turn in a pledge sheet of your tithing because at each session meeting, the record giving of each elder is going to be presented to the group in a percentage format indicating how you are doing on your pledge, whether you are at 100% of where you should be, whether you are at 50% or 150%. We believe that we as session ought to be taking the lead in our giving for the rest of the congregation. Now, the other permanent body within the church for us is the board of deacons. Deacons are elected in a manner similar to elders. They're elected by the congregation to serve a three-year term. They can be reelected for a second three-year term. Uh, they cannot serve more than six consecutive years unless we are unable to find other qualified candidates. Both elders and deacons are ordained to office and their ordination is for life. So if we're having communion and we say we need some elders or deacons, or we are asking for elders or deacons to come forward for prayer, we're not just asking for people who are currently on session or on deacons. Because once you are one of these, you are always 
an elder, always a deacon. Now, deacons, they elect their own moderator from their group, uh, from the deacon board itself, and the pastors will sit in on the deacons meeting in an advisory capacity. Each deacon is uh, expected to become a tither. Some of you are already tithing. If you have been giving regularly, you could be uh, eligible to be nominated as a deacon. But once you become a deacon, you're taking that next step saying, yes, I will grow and become a tither as well. Each de deacon is expected to be in some Bible study class. We expect you to continue to be faithful to your attendance at church and to be faithful attending deacons meetings. Now, deacons meetings, they take place the third Sunday after the third service is over. So after the peak service, that's when the deacon meeting is going to be held. Deacons, likewise, if you cannot make a meeting, you need to call in and ask to be excused. Three unexcused absences means that you can be removed from your office as a deacon. Deacons are also free to add things to the um, docket for the meeting if you let the moderator know in advance. All right. All reports and recommendations brought back, brought to the deacons are still going to be subject to the will of the majority of those on the deacon board. So if there's a committee doing something for the deacon, the deacon vote. Keep in mind, though, all decisions by the deacons remain subject to the will of the session. The session is the body that is going to determine um, whether or not the plans for the deacons actually go forward because the deacons are not a fundraising group. Session is responsible for seeing to it that the deacons are adequately funded for the ministry that they have been called to. The deacons are not a governing body. Their job is to help those who are hurting. They will seek to provide assistance to those who have physical, financial, emotional needs. They provide emergency food, clothing, shelters, gifts as needed. Our deacons are also responsible for helping out with the food pantry on the third Friday and third Saturday of each month when we distribute food to the community. If you're not working, the deacons come in at about 10.30 to pack the grocery bags, and then they come back again 8.30 Saturday morning in order to distribute them to the community. The deacons are also responsible for setting up communion and having it ready for each of our three services. The deacons are also responsible for serving meals when we have after-homegoing services for our covenant partners and volunteering to serve in whatever way that you can with that. Now, the elders and the deacons are both assigned to work together on a care team in which you will be assigned 15 to 20 people and between the two of you you are to make contact with each person during that month that contact can be a hello greeting during the worship service it can be a phone call it can be an email it can be a note in the mail but this is one of the most important jobs that elders and deacons do and that is 
in making people feel connected to our church by reaching out and touching them. You will be given a list throughout the month on people who have not been in church for a while. If you see somebody on your list, call them up just to encourage them. Let them know if you've been missed. Is there something that we can do to help out? Um, we're praying for you. It's really uh, an encouragement. Sometimes you call people on your care team just to let them know of an event that's going to happen or take place at the church. So that's another thing, reason you may be giving someone a call. All right? So you want to keep all that in mind for your care teams. And elders, you are required to turn in your report concerning you and your deacon at the, at the session meeting, during the session meeting, each month. Elders and deacons who do not serve well with their care teams will probably not be nominated for a second term because, again, this is one of the most important functions you will be carrying out as an elder and as a deacon. Now, under ECO, some things have changed concerning um, elders and deacons. ECO is committed to raising up leaders in the local church who can intend, in turn, raise up other leaders who will plant other churches. So the goal isn't simply to become a healthy church, but to become a healthy church that will give birth to other churches. All right, so um, some of the changes we're going to see is that elders and deacons can be allowed to perform baptisms, they can be allowed to serve communion, they can even be allowed to serve as pastors. If you take the sheet that's entitled Chapter 1, Congregations and Their Covenant Partners, we are going to look at some of the things that are checked on this sheet and um, give you the opportunity to see some of the differences that have occurred in the denomination that we are now a part of. The first thing we see is that there is more accountability for churches. We want churches to be connected to each other so that they can encourage one another, learn from each other, and build together with each other. This is why we have what's going to be called mission affinity groups. And I'll say a little bit more about that. Uh, well, I can go ahead and say something about that now. Well, if you look at the sheet that says Mission Affinity Groups, the purpose of these groups is to work together with like-minded congregations in encouraging each other in ministry. You meet together for a day and a half uh, seminar in which you're looking at, here's some things that work well for us, and you share them. You share failures that you've had. You try to learn from one another. You pray for one another. You encourage each other. And you give a report of your ministry to each other. And at least a third of the session of your church has to go and participate in a mission affinity group with a, another church. We are currently looking at building a mission affinity group with a church in Cincinnati which is also an urban church, and we'll be looking for a couple of more churches to work alongside of us with that. So mission affinity groups are going to be a big difference. On page two of that, 
same uh, packet. You see that our church is open to everybody. Anybody who wants to give their life to Jesus Christ, the doors of our church are open. And if you can accept our statements of belief, we welcome you in after you have gone through the training period and been examined by the session itself. You can become a covenant partner. That door is extended to everybody. Now, we have two types of uh, categories of membership. There are baptized members. These are basically children who have been baptized, but they have not made a profession of faith yet. And there is no um, certain age in which a child automatically becomes a covenant partner. That child has to make that decision to follow Jesus Christ for him or herself before that can take place. The other category of membership is covenant partners. Covenant partners are those who have made a profession of faith in Christ, they've been baptized, they've been received into the life of the church, and they have said, yes, we submit ourselves to the authority of the congregation. So those are our two categories. There's no such thing as inactive members. Uh, it used to be if you got moved off the church rolls, you went on to an inactive list for a year, and then you were moved off. Now, if a person seeks to participate in the life of the church through their presence and their giving and their service for six months, we assume that person has decided to no longer be a covenant partner with us because covenant partner means we are working together to accomplish something. Okay? Now, we already looked on page five there at the responsibilities of the session. Uh, one of the things that all of you are going to be asked to do is to accept the essential tenets of eco as a foundation of your faith as far as being a reliable interpretation of the scriptures. Okay, if you don't hold these doctrines to be true, then you shouldn't be ordained as an elder or a deacon. <clears throat> Let me just highlight some of them for you. The first one is that God's word is the authority of our confession. In other words, we recognize the Old Testament and the New Testament as the word of God, and they are trustworthy, reliable, accurate, and true uh, understanding of who God is. The second is the Trinity. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that God is one God who has revealed himself <clears throat> in three persons. Um, next, we believe in the Incarnation. In other words, we believe that God came from heaven in bodily form in the person of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> actually lived as a human person, and that Jesus was both totally God and totally human. That Jesus died, was buried, was resurrected, and now is at the right hand of the Father. Okay, we also believe in the essential tenets of the Reformed tradition. 
God's grace in Christ. We believe that everybody was lost <clears throat> and that God took the initiative in drawing us back to himself. And we responded to God's initiative and that's why we're saved. All of us have been touched by sin and none of us were capable of saving ourselves. We believe that God chose a people from himself. All of us were lost, marching to destruction, but God took the initiative to choose people for service and salvation, and that through the work of the Holy Spirit, he changes their lives. We believe that God has called us into a covenant life in the church with other brothers and sisters in Christ, and that we share a new identity with God as our Father, and that every believer should be connected to a local congregation. We believe in faithful stewardships in all areas of life, which means everything that we have belongs to God. God has called us all to serve as prophets, as priests, as kings um, in the church. And we strongly believe that men and women are like have been called into the ministries of God. Jesus teaches us that we are to love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our body, all our soul, all our strength. And finally, we believe that we are to live in obedience to the word of God. God is calling all of us to live a holy lifestyle according to the scriptures. Now you can read the essential tenets in greater detail so that you can know um, have a better understanding and breakdown of each of those sections. Now, when you get ready to be ordained, we are going to ask you a series of questions. Here are those questions, and we, if you cannot say yes to these, then this is not a ordination you should take place in. The first question, do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and do you boldly declare Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and acknowledge him Lord of all and head of the church? The next is, do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the word of God and inspired by the Holy Spirit, the unique witness to Jesus Christ and the authority for Christian faith and life? The next one is, will you receive, adopt, and be bound by the essential tenets of ECO as reliable expositions of what scripture teaches us to do and to believe, and will you be guided by them in your life and ministry? Next, relying on the Holy Spirit, do you humbly submit to God's call on your life, committing yourself to God's mission, and fulfilling your ministry in obedience to Jesus Christ, under the authority of scripture and guided by our confessions. The next, will you be governed by ECO's polity and discipline? And will you be accountable to your fellow elders, deacons, and pastors as you lead? Next, do you promise to be faithful in maintaining the truth of the gospel and the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Next, will you pray for and seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. For the elder, will you be a faithful elder watching over the people in their worship, nurture, and service to God? 
for the deacon? Will you be a faithful deacon serving the people, urging concern, and directing the people's help to those in need? And for a pastor, will you be a faithful minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ by proclaiming the good news, teaching the faith, showing the people God's mission, and caring for God's people? All right? So those are the questions you are going to be asked, and hopefully you will respond yes to each of them. Now, one of the changes with ECO, um, as you can see on page 8, when it talks about the ministry of deacons, it says, ordinarily, the biblical office of deacons shall be utilized by the congregation. Now, that means that each church is not required to have deacons in ECO. The churches may have deacons, and we at New Life in Calvary have chosen to have deacons, but the deacon function can be given out to others in the life of the church. Um, in ECO, we have several different categories of pastors. There's the pastor, co-pastors, there are associate pastors, there are assistant pastors, assistant pastor is called by the session and not by the um, congregation. There are transi transitional pastors. Transitional pastors are what we used to refer to as interim pastors. There are pastors in validated ministries. There are affiliate pastors and there are honorably retired pastors. So we have those different groups of pastors. Excuse me once again. I ate some cashews earlier today. <coughs> and they're not quite cooperating with me. Now, on page 10, another huge shift in ECO, as I said earlier, ECO is committed to building up churches and to planting new churches. So, there on page 10, it says, The church exists wherever two or more are gathered in the name of Jesus. Therefore, it is appropriate to celebrate sacraments in these smaller units. These smaller units include, but are not limited to, small groups, missional communities, retreats, leaders of satellite congregations, and house church gatherings. If an officer has been commissioned by the session to lead these groups, in mission or ministry and has been appropriately trained, he or she shall be authorized to administer the sacraments in these communities. The pastor in the session shall oversee those who are commissioned to such service within a congregation. So now you as elders and deacons, you can be commissioned to do baptisms and also serve communion in different places. You no longer have to have a pastor present in order to do that as long as you've been commissioned to do, do so. But it goes even beyond that in that ECO now allows for elders and deacons to actually become pastors without going to seminary. For instance, if New Life at Calvary decided to start a new congregation somewhere, and we wanted to have one of you serve as its pastors or co-pastors or whatever, even though you haven't been to seminary, 
We can commission you as pastors, and you can function in that role as pastors, and the presbytery will recognize you as pastors in that particular assembly. You could be commissioned for a year, and that commission can be renewed um, for an indefinite period of time. So if you were to call and serve there as pastors for the rest of your life, you would be able to do it. Again, this provides more opportunities for us to provide other healthy ecosystems because some of you are going to be gifted to move beyond just serving as elders and deacons to actually be leaders over other congregations. So keep that in mind. And the other thing about deacons under ECO is that if you do have deacons, deacons may also teach and preach. So those are some of the major changes between what the denomination we were a part of and the denomination we are a part of today. Now, the other officers that you will have in the uh, church, particularly here at New Life at Calvary, since we are an Ohio corporation, there are three offices which uh, we have under Ohio law. The first office is that of president, this is the person that is legally responsible to the, to the state for the purpose of being served papers if we were sued. The pastor is not this person. The president we currently have is Rufus Sims, and that person can serve an indefinite amount of uh, time depending on being elected by the congregation. We hope that the president doesn't have a lot of work to do because that means everything is going smoothly and we're not tied up in the court system. The second uh, office is that of treasurer. And this person is responsible for the legal upkeep of our financial books. And this person may serve an indefinite amount of time after being elected by the congregation at an annual meeting. The third person is the clerk. And the clerk we have today is Sylvia Fields. This person is responsible for keeping a record of all the official meetings of the governing board, and this person may serve for an indefinite period of time. Okay, in your handout section there on page 8, you see New Life at Calvary Church Elder Accountability Form. This is for you to take a self-inventory of how well are you doing your job as an elder. How often do you attend the meetings? Are you involved in Bible study? How often are you attending worship? What other activities are you involved in besides worship? Did you make contact con the members on your care team? There's about 12 or 13, uh, no, there's actually 19 questions for you to look at to make sure you are living up to what it is you are agreeing to do as an elder or deacon. Now, in addition to what the uh, eco-constitution asks of you as elders and deacons, we ask that you make a pledge to New Life at Calvary as a church officer. And here's what we ask you to do. My pledge as a church officer. I agree to pray for the health of the church, to support its leaders, and to oppose those who wish to attack the ministry of Christ which is taking place at New Life at Calvary. In other words, you are going to speak up for your church in love. I, number two, 
I agreed to grow in my faith and my knowledge of the Word of God by participating in a group Bible study. Number three, I agreed to support the church with my tithes and offerings for the work of the ministry. Number four, I agreed to take an active role in reaching out to and administering to people in my church. Number five, I agreed to be faithful in my attendance in worship, to participate in prayer meetings, and to support activities in the church. Number six, I agreed to live my life in accordance with the word of God and to abide by the word of God in my sexual lifestyle. Number seven, I agreed to take issues I may have with others directly to the person involved or through a conference with the pastors and not be a part of a gossip or slandering of others in the church. Number eight, I agreed to do all that I can in building up the church so that Jesus Christ will be glorified. Number nine, I agreed to attend the meetings of my office and to carry out my duties to the best of my ability. I agreed to ask to be excused when I cannot make a meeting. Number 10, I agreed to resign as a church officer when I cease to carry out my obligations under this agreement. Okay, my friends, you now have a basic understanding of what is being asked of you as an elder and deacon. Do ask that you look over the papers that may be connected to this site that you can see exactly in greater detail what is going on. But remember, if you go to eco-prez.org, all of this information concerning ECO's constitution and other materials from ECO will be made available to you simply by clicking on the download button and downloading the materials. Thank you for agreeing to serve as elders and deacons. We look forward to you helping our church move to the next level that God has called us to move to. And we ask that you be open to the leading of the Spirit in each and every meeting so that God can make a difference in your life. And you can be a blessing to New Life at Calvary. And New Life at Calvary can in turn 